0: You love love. Toby Radio. Put my glasses on so I could see. Let's get lost in a better
1: place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality your mind in your heart, gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start, and Jane Nessler will bring you there.
0: This is Fran Lewis. This is MJ Network. MJ in memory of my sister. It's 30 degrees here. It's I think winter came back. It's freezing. But this is going to be so cool. A wealthy banker with a long list of secrets dies. Banking business can be dangerous, people. The bizarre crime stumps the local police, but... Dr. Julia Fairchild is on the case, and you don't want to mess with her when she starts to find out the clues, and we have P.J. Peterson here. Good morning, and welcome back to MJ Network. I love this novel. It was really good. Well, thank you so very much. I'm just thrilled to be with you today. This is fun, especially the title. can imagine when somebody has more than one will, and you're not really sure who gets what, and sounds like my mother. What can I say? <laughs> so tell us well, a little bit about the book on. and yeah, she she had a whole bunch of life insurance policies. It took a while to figure out um what, you know, where they came from, but she left it all to my brother, so what can I say? So so we have <laughs> Go ahead. Can you give me some background about Julia and a summary and tell us About the gala, she got stuck going with somebody else other than her boyfriend.
1: Well, Julia um, is a very busy young internist, and she was on call on the weekend for this big gala, raising money for the Mm. local theater to do some renovation. And she'd already told the guy that she was dating that she couldn't go, but at the last minute, her best friend called her and said, you've just got to bail me out. My mother is sick in, in Seattle. My sister is going to kill her. If she goes up there. I can't go. Will you please go with her boyfriend, Is Drake, who's, the, uh, who's important. He's on the board of the theater. And mm-hmm. Julia says, well, okay. So she goes, and that's why she's there with this other guy instead of her boyfriend who's also there. But it's sort of a triangulated kind of thing. But is very innocent, but she's important in the community. So Drake wanted her to come, and be there yeah. to help talk up the people. Yeah, well, that's why she's, she's really there.
0: good. She's really good. She's very nice, and the girlfriend was very nice to trust her with the boyfriend. Most people wouldn't, people. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Not that's you look at Julia. Well, I don't think so. So we well, have Jay. the theater. Yeah, I like Julia though. She's really straightforward and you don't want to mess with her. Seriously. <laughs> so but this is a gala and it would tell us about Jay, Alex, Sophia and Becca. They're the main people at this thing. Well, some the main.
1: So Jay yeah, Jay is a local banker. He actually grew up elsewhere and he was the only child of very wealthy people and some for some reason, he decided to build a bank. He got all this money. he decided to build a bank in Parkview. Becca, and he had just recently in a divorce and Sophia is his little girlfriend. He met her in California. she's a little starlet, so uh Becca is the woman on the way out, two children. Sophia is the girl on the way in, and Jay is just glowing with this beautiful young woman on his arm at the gala mm. that's guys for you. What can I say <laughs> Yes, what can well, I tell some guys you? Just can't yeah,
0: you know, some guys just can't be without a woman. Mhm, well, that's exactly the book that I just finished by Marsha Casper Cook, the one I just gave five stars to second Chances. Her sister, when the sisters uh, are marrying this guy And he's got a roving eye So we'll see what happens in the sequel Because I don't think Ooh. she should marry him Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good <laughs> she, the, the, the father's wife leaves, her, leaves him And he finds somebody else It's Everybody gets second chances You never know So she goes into the ladies room And what does she hear That she puts in her memory bank Because Julia doesn't oh, forget no, she... anything no, she doesn't. She overhears two women
1: talking about offshore accounts, and mm. she recognizes the, the name, and she said she figures out that they're talking about money, doesn't know exactly what it is about it, and she realizes that one of them is the wife of the vice president of the bank. And I can't remember who I placed the other person. But anyway, they were just talking about the vice president. One of them is the wife, and she said, well, how was he supposed to know that these were offshore accounts? She says, well, he's a banker, stupid. I mean, what are they for? So they obviously know something. And so Julia says, hmm, and she just waits until they leave the bathroom so they don't realize that she overheard them. Mm-hmm. Although nothing has happened yet that would, as to why she would be concerned about offshore accounts. She just overhears the conversation and decides not to show her face.
0: I don't blame her. A lot of people are doing that, though, and some of them actually get away with that. I often wonder how they how, how they could do that so no one knows where your money is. That would be really cool,
1: seriously. Well, there's a lot of underworld stuff going on in the finance world. That's for sure.
0: Still, not that I know, I know anything know. about it. <laughs> no, not me either. But I know people that think that they do it. It's it's scary. And then, mm-hmm. then there the people that make accounts under other people's names. Been a victim of that, let me tell you. That's no fun either. Oh. So it's what did I think identity. happened? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. And I found out the hard way because I didn't know that I took out a charge card uh, at this particular bank, and I got it straightened out. Yeah, it took a while. But unfortunately, because mm. this person took it out under uh, false pretenses, He paid some of it, but I got stuck paying the rest because it was in my name, unfortunately. And I, you know, Mm. did did what I had. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. So what did they think happened to Jay? And how does Julia use her medical experience to explain what she thinks really happened to poor Jay? Oh, poor guy. Well, what happened
1: was Jay and Sophia have a little argument at Abigail because she's gotten very, very, very drunk, and she doesn't want to ride Mm -hmm. home with him. So Julia takes Mm -hmm. her to the hotel where she's staying, and um, all is fine. Well, the next day, midday, Sophia calls Julia in a panic because she had talked to Jay earlier, and he was apologizing for for getting drunk, and he was going to take her out to lunch. Well, he doesn't show up, so she gives him an extra half an hour, and then he doesn't answer her phone call, so she calls Julia not knowing what to do, and so they go over to Jay's house. And that's when they found him collapsed on the floor, not dead. And they, you know, they just assume initially that he was a, a big hangover or he'd had a seizure. And the alcoholics, when they have DTS, and they have this, they go into a state where they're uh, not uh, talking; they're unconscious. So that's what they
0: initially thought had happened. Mm. But they're going to find out what did happen eventually. So who is Nolan, and why does he want her to help solve the case? And why does the police give her permission? A lot of times when you have an amateur sleuth, like Jessica Fletcher or Hetty Winthrop or any of them, they don't, want the, they don't want anybody to interfere. So how come they let her?
1: Well, Nolan happens to be a local deputy sheriff, and the police yeah, like department is understaffed, and they've called the sheriff in to help them with some of these cases. Nolan happens to be her, her nephew and he was the one who was called to the house. When the police come mm. to the house, eventually that's when they, they realize it's a homicide. They call Nolan and Julia is there. So that's how she gets involved. And she has well, worked is- with the police on another case. So they respect her and they, they trust her. So they let her just help on the periphery.
0: So how does she proceed, and what's triggered the situation coming into place? Well,
1: when she's at the hospital, uh, when she goes to the hospital with Sophia, and she talks to the doctor, the emergency doctor, who's, again, one of her colleagues, that's when they discover that he has, a, uh, his kidneys have shut down, and there aren't very many reasons why they would shut down so quickly mm. like that. And they discover that he had, uh, he had been poisoned with methanol, which is one of the mm. few things that can do this. So, that's, so she starts thinking, how did he get methanol? Who could, have, who could have supplied that? He wouldn't drink it on purpose. So that starts the investigation into what's the source of the methanol.
0: And you can't okay. just go buy it. And use... Medicine is so, so dangerous sometimes. And you just don't mm-hmm. even know you know you get something from the an antibiotic, whatever it is, I have a habit of reading everything, and I'll read every ingredient in everything that you get sometimes, even an aspirin and if there's something that I'm not sure of, I'm going to call the pharmacy three times and get the answer, and then I won't take it anyway because if there's something uh-huh. strange about it, decide you know I listen to the to the news and I listen to the the medications that are coming out for all sorts of crazy things, and there's more side effects than the disease. You could go really sick. And well, like sometimes, like, I don't know. Well, they are potential side effects. I
1: don't mean that everybody will get them, but yes, those are yeah. potentially things that could happen. Yeah, like Unless the ninety like percent of the time.
0: You like the like the fourth booster shot that I'm waiting to see not get soon. <laughs> uh huh. So. Yeah. Yeah, soon, whatever. Everybody's getting really sick from it. So what was Jay's job before owning and running a bank? What exactly did his company do? And what is the significance of the certificates? Those are cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Jay had worked for one
1: of those big companies that develops outlet malls on the East Coast. And um, his job was to go to the companies and convince them to put uh, their store into this new outlet mall that's being built. So he did this along, you know, for several years and, you know, big million-dollar, mega-million-dollar prospects. And then several years later, the company would come along then and actually build the mall. So he would be the front guy, you know, that goes ahead and solicits all the building or the stores. Then he would go on to wherever the next outlet's going to be. So that's what he did.
0: So he I felt bad of money. for him. I liked him, though. he was actually <laughs> going to try to figure out what to do to solve his problem. But what can I tell you? So when you have offshore accounts, as well, who are the ones that will profit from what happened to him? Well, the offshore accounts were actually
1: his private accounts. So mm-hmm. he was actually funneling money. He would make these side deals with these with these uh, companies for their stores he would promise them things outside the main contract so there would be two contracts one would be for you know the normal thing what they would provide in the in the mall and then there would be some side contract that the pe- the store would pay extra for that he would promise them but that was, wasn't happening he was pocketing that money and putting that in these offshore accounts he was building up huge amounts of money there but it was all his money
0: I wish I had that huge amount of money. That's really clever. But you hear about that. I mean, you have Bernie Nadoff, You have all these people that think they're going to get away with it. And then sometimes I just wonder, so so what? What can you do? There's people that have done a lot worse and get away with it, as we know. But, you know,
1: there's always somebody who knows what they did. And that's the danger of this kind of stuff, because you can't ever keep it totally secret.
0: Yeah, I know. So how does she learn about Melissa, and how does, I love her sister, and how does her sister help? Okay, so when Julia and
1: Sophia are at Jay's house, they just happen to notice that um, there's the files are open on the floor in the dining room where he is, and Julia gets permission from the, well, Nolan gets permission from the police department to mm-hmm. let Julia just kind of look around with Sophia, because Sophia's been there before, so she says, okay, Sophia, what, what, is there anything out of place? Is there anything that you have that's not normal in here? Because they figure someone has been in there. And sure enough, they find um, this file folder that happens to be empty that's labeled Melissa. I thought, well, who in the heck is Melissa? So Julia's wondering. She already knows that her ex-wife's name is Becca. So who is Melissa? That's what triggers a search for who she is. So eventually, they find an envelope, an old envelope from a company, a a law firm in Seattle that with uh, Julia discovers that that is uh, no longer functional, but they find the old files. They go to Seattle (gasps) and they go to the law firm that has this old law firm's files, you know, boxes and boxes and boxes. So Julia takes her sister, Carly, who's always good for uh, being helpful, and they go to Seattle and they go through boxes and boxes and they're looking for either a file that says Melissa or a file that has Jay's name or his last Mm -hmm. name. And they go through these years and years and they find one that's, that's labeled Melissa Morrison. And
0: that's when they start putting things together. Oh, well, there she's really good. So, who is Angela, and why is she so important? Well, Angela happens to work at um, the bank where
1: mm-hmm. he, see Drake is a is a banker from the other bank. Jay is one bank that so he started this new bank. Drake is the president of the bank that's been there for years and years and years. So, Drake's right hand person, Angela, is the one who helps to figure out what these accounts are all about. The well, Melissa um, mother has some old account numbers and Angela's able to track those back to a bank, an offshore bank. Then they have to get a little legal help to get the banks, the, the accounts open. So Angela's the one who does the tracing through the financial institutions. You go to that okay. dark web place.
0: I know a lot of people are writing about the dark web and how you find out information and stuff like that. It just it just bothers me sometimes because you get these weird emails, and you don't know where they're coming from. I, I've been getting a whole right. po- well everybody gets these spam, but I've been getting some really strange ones that I've been you know we're gonna We thank you for contacting us. I don't even know who you are, and I delete it. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to send a package for your promotion for your book, and I go like, who are you? I just don't even answer it. Uh-huh. It's scary. No. Yes, it is. So, you don't want to open those. Yeah, I don't open very many things. If I, unless I know, as a matter of fact, it's funny. If I get um, an email and I don't know the person, I just delete it. Unless it's somebody's email or person that I know, and then they tell me what I emailed you, I say, well, you have to put your name in, the search, in this uh, subject, because otherwise I'm not going to answer you. So what happens when Uh Drake and Julia are attacked at home? What does Nolan do? I got very worried about that. Well,
1: so Drake was attacked at his home. Someone did a drive-by shooting know, shot a couple of gunshots into the door. And um, Julia then, well, Julia saw, let's see, her friend Pam, the one that had called her to ask her to go to the gala with Drake in the first place, she calls Julia and says, someone's just shot at Drake at the house. Can you go over there? I'm too far away. So Julia goes over there first, and, of course, they're investigating. He's not hurt, but they find the bullet in the wall of the house. And then a similar mm. thing happens to Julia a few days later at her home when she's just mm. sitting there visiting with her dog and uh, here's a crack, and the dog goes through the front door because that's where the noise comes from. And someone has shot a bullet into her window. And mm-hmm. so that's when Nolan comes by. So, okay, what's happened this time? So now this has happened in two places. And they're trying to figure out, are they connected? Initially, they think it's just, you know, some prank thing going by Drake's house. But when it happens at Julia's house, then it's like, okay, maybe not such a prank. What else is going on? So they have to
0: look into it. So, Jay, this is this is really mind-boggling because there are people that have more than one will, and they don't want people to really know. And it's not—I don't know if that's legal—that you can have more than one will. But anyway, yeah, Jay, tell us about Jay's will and his link to his father. And yeah, you never—you never know. And sometimes people create their own will to make people think it's person's will. Okay. So the, the title of the book,
1: One Will to Many, is sort of a play mm-hmm. on words, because Jay's father goes by the name of Will. Mm-hmm. And his parents, so that's where the, the one of the wills comes from there. So the father, whose name was Will, his will is the one that Julia is able to track down. Mm. Um, and it turns out that He had written the will many many years before. He had an illegitimate child who was Melissa, but the Ah. mother would not marry him. Well, he was already married anyway, and he already had a little boy, so he never got to know his daughter. Melissa never knew her father. Her uh, her mother got checks in the mail or it straight deposited into her account for years, as long as the father was alive. He paid, you know, supported his daughter never told his wife, never told his son. His son, Jay, found out about this when the father died and Melissa Mm. was in the will. Well, he can very conveniently, um, somebody helped conspired to produce a death certificate for this Melissa so that the will was never contested by Mm. anybody because Melissa had supposedly died. He produces a death certificate, so now he gets to keep all the money.
0: That I've always wondered about that. That has to be that you know you you apply for a death certificate, and don't you have to prove from the hospital that the person died, or is that a fake too? Or you just tell them that she's oh, dead? They, I don't have any proof.
1: Well, you there, there are very clever people out there who can fake all kinds of things. I mean, how do people get fake IDs? You know that kind of I thing. I know. So I know. somebody very clever created a death certificate that looked real enough, and uh, it, there was no one to contest it. So he got he got it, to it, keep all the money. And the, his mother it, had died by that time, so she wouldn't have known anything about his will, about her husband's will.
0: That is scary. I didn't know anything about my mo- my mother's anything until she died, and I was the one that was paying for her home care of $6,000 a month until I got full Medicaid 24-7, and I was like, yeah, you don't, you don't know. Then you deal with the insurance companies, and oh, that's a trip and a half. That is really hard because you have to be able to prove who you are and that the money is supposed to go to the person that was going to my brother. What can I say? (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, Yeah, the insurance, and and I got booked on only one because one was an accidental insurance that I had changed, and obviously the company didn't. So you have to be really careful when you fill out these policies. So who is Leanne, and why did she come to Julia's hospital? So now Leanne is
1: is the real name is Melissa Leanne. So Leanne is yeah. the missing half sister. And mm-hmm. she uh when when the police stopped coming to her mother's account they know the mother finally fesses up about Leanne's real father. Melissa's real mm-hmm. father. Her name is Melissa Leanne. So she's finally tracks Jay down and finds out that he's in Parkview, and she happens to be a nurse. So she is a traveling nurse. I'm sure you've heard about them. They you know go from place to place and fill in for four weeks or six weeks or whatever. So she comes to Parkview to work and to kind of check out Jay, and she plans to confront him and tell him, hey, I'm your sister. And to, because she has now found out more about it. She doesn't know about the will. Oh, take it out. I'm sorry. She does know. Her mother had a copy of the will, but they mm-hmm. didn't know if it was still valid. They didn't know if perhaps he made a new will later on. So she comes to Parkview to just check out Jay and to talk with him, and see if she can get him to give her what's legally hers.
0: So
1: how does if she, she find what?
0: How do they feel when uh, they find out work? he's
1: dead? Does anybody care? Oh uh, well, he's a big name in the community. You know, Parkview is one of these little towns—forty thousand people. Everybody knows some of the major players mm. in town. She actually mm. doesn't know anything about Jay having died initially, because she doesn't take the local newspaper, and but she only just hears about it from the gossip, you know, in the break room when people talk like, "Did you hear about Jay Morrison?" Da 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 da. So that is how she would
0: have discovered that he had died. That, that is scary. And so she really never gets to know him. And maybe, no, they, maybe no. he would have. Maybe if she got to know him, maybe he got to know her, he'd realize that he owes her some money. But then you never know. When it comes to wills and stuff like that, people want what they want and they don't want to share. Trust me, no one
1: wants to share.
0: Oh, once it, it, they've it, had a
1: taste of all that money, they don't really want to give
0: it up again. I can't blame them for a sense, but, you know, there's a sense of justice, too. So mm-hmm. B- mm-hmm. Julia meets Leanne or Melissa. Why doesn't she think that she's a fraud, and how does she help Julia? Why does she bother to come forward at all? Well, when Melissa
1: um, meets, when Julia meets Melissa Leanne, Leanne was uh, the nurse for one of Julia's patients, and they, you know, had a chit chat, and she learned a little bit about her being from Seattle and all that. Well, in another time when she runs into Leanne at the hospital, she realizes she's now seen the file in Seattle, and she sees the Melissa Leanne, and she begins to go, her brain goes, Leanne, could she be Melissa Leanne? You know, Seattle and all that, and that is when she puts. And ask her, "Are you Melissa Leanne?" And that's when she discovers that she is. so Leanne just seems very genuine. She just doesn't come across as a person mm-hmm. who would be a sneaky. She just seems real. She seems honest.
0: I know. It's like you know, you don't know. You, don't, you it's somebody that you don't know. You have to you have to have a good sense of. I, obviously, Julia's a very good sense of judge of character. She can tell. So, Perception after she there, read, yeah, you have to be very perceptive in this world, trust me, so what does she learn mm-hmm. from the accounts, and exactly who is where the where is the missing money, and who will well, profit from day. Jay's death? poor Jay, he never got a chance to spend yeah. it,
1: so um, Julia's learns about these money that the mom had been getting for years and years and years and she asked Leanne, Melissa, if she, if her mother knew where it came from. She said, well, mother keeps everything. She's got the records. So that's how Julia's friend Angela at the bank is able to track down where the money came from and they discover that uh, the father had never, or that Jay, after his father died, had never changed the account. Name they, they just, She just transferred the money to him instead of to the, uh, the mom, Melissa's mother. And Angela then is able to track down where the money came from and then that Jay had taken possession of it instead. And then she was able to determine that the money then was transferred to these offshore accounts, again, all in Jay's name. But
0: what happens when you don't have an Angela? What do you do then? I mean, you know that something well, is, is wrong. You know that you've been fraud, defrauded. You know that somebody's got all this money. You know somebody faked their debt, whatever. So what do you do when you don't have, how do you get a person in a bank to actually work with you? Because you could barely get them to cash a check. Well, in this At case, this point. Um, Angela worked for
1: Drake's bank, and Drake was willing mm-hmm. to let Angela go deeper into the records. I mean, I suppose you and I couldn't make that happen.
0: But this is a no. story.
1: And and these things really do happen. I know big banks do actually do this when they have fraudulent uh, accounts. And they don't know if it's fraudulent, but they will pursue this to the point where they finally hit a brick wall. Then you have to do magical things, I guess, (laughs) to
0: get the answers. Or write a book. You know something? You know, it's really, and it just happened. My husband went to bank. Um, They changed the name of the bank since then. And he just went to make a deposit. And I learned something Never ever ever hand in the bank slip Without crossing out change of address Change of name and whatever Cross it out in the back And make sure that no one could change it Because when he sent brought mm-hmm. it to the bank The person that was there uh, The teller Took it and changed our address to Chicago And oh. I got a thing uh, Yeah I got a thing from Chappelle Whatever And I called up uh, the bank, and I said, we never moved, we still, we're not in the Bronx anymore, we're in the Bronx, and I wound up, this went, this was outrageous, somebody stole, took his driver's license, whatever, um, ID They got it, and they went and they changed it to a different color person, and they were able to get all sorts of credit cards and stuff, and it went all the way to Manchester, Great Britain, to Chicago, to everywhere. And to India, I, I never, and I worked with every police department. I had such a. I had a, it was horrible. I mean, strictly identity takeover, and I had a blast doing this, because the, uh, the police department in the Cal asked me to to help them with this thing. They actually gave me the telephone number of the person that did it. And we found out the address of the person that did it, and I called up pretending to be a visa representative. <laughs> and I got all the uh-huh. information that I can I, I this was so much fun. I'll tell you, it was really great. They thought I was great. They put ten thousand dollars in a safety deposit box, and I got them because I said, uh-huh. you know, we're going to put the money back in. I, I was like, they said we never had anybody that wanted to do this. I, it was so much fun. I mean, it's horrible for my husband, but they straightened it out. And I, he had to change his driver's license. He had to change everything, literally. I said, <laughs> oh my, and, and fraud alerts on everything on both of our accounts. So they couldn't believe this. Yeah. You, the, well, so you all were being like the, a
1: Julia or an Angela.
0: So you were a detective yourself. I, yeah, you have to be. My husband knows that if I want to know something, I'm going to find out. My dad taught me. The only person that's going to help you get answers is you, so you may as well go for it, no matter who you have to annoy. Mm-hmm. It's fun. <laughs> and sometimes you really do it. <laughs> so when Julia is attacked... Okay. How does this change things? And now she's determined, what, what was the probable cause of killing of killing Jay? What did they think was the reason why they wanted him out of the way? I like Jay despite spite of himself. Well,
1: you know, that's why they had to go through all of you know, who would benefit from his dying. You know, his sons were already going to get the money. He was already in the process of a divorce. And the guy that Julia was dating at the time, Alex, he was the one who was... Counseling um, Jay, um, so he, she already, they already knew who was going to get the money. Who else would benefit from it? And that's why they were looking for: Does he have partners? Um, Sophia was going to get a little bit of money, but it didn't make any sense for her to kill him. Becca was uh, would get it through the, the boys, so it didn't make any sense for Becca to get it. Um, and you know, Sandy, the vice president maybe he wanted to kill him so that he could be the president instead of the vice president. Mm -hmm. So he has to go through all of these scenarios as to who had opportunity and who had motive.
0: So what happens when you have like five sisters or brothers or whatever and the mother or the father leaves the money to only one person? Can the others contest it? Because they feel they deserve something too?
1: If they know about it, yes, they certainly could. But um, Melissa didn't have any opportunity. Melissa Leanne didn't have any opportunity to contest it because she didn't know about her real father until after Uh he had died. And they didn't have the wherewithal or the means to do it. Um, And then once they did have that information, then they certainly would contest it and eventually would go to her. But they wouldn't have been able to do that without the information that Julia uh, Julia discovered along the way, and with help of Angela, to discover along the way.
0: I know from when my sister died, that person that she was married to, um, I read the will, and the will said that that the money went to my niece and my nephew, pretty much, and that a, a certain amount went to him, certain whatever's. I never knew there was such a thing. I learned something as elective share. He went and contested the will and said that he was entitled to money for, for my sister's will, and he took $30,000 from my niece and thirty from my nephew. The guy's a millionaire. He doesn't need it. Seriously. So that you, you, you learn. You know an awful lot. And then when it came to paying for the funeral, he wanted me to pay for it. He said, "Why should I pay for your sister's funeral? I was married to her for 23 years. She's your sister." I said, "Get your charge card out right now." And then you started with the oh. wrong person. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. A, he did a lot, but that I never realized that he, that anybody would be so low that you can people do everything when it comes to money. Forget it. It's like it's like greed. To me, I was just yes. I was just distraught that I lost my sister. So how do we know that this is about retribution, greed, fraud, deception, and originally restitution? So how how do you incorporate all of that in one novel? I couldn't put this down seriously. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, I had to figure out a way as I was writing it. I had to figure out a way that uh, I just had this vision of this half-sister in my brain when I started writing the book. We had, in my old little town, we did have two banks start at the same time by two different groups of people. And we, I thought we already had enough banks. And I just had this idea about something going wrong with one of the banks. So I thought, okay, if the banker dies, who who benefits? That's why I created this half-sister that nobody knows about, except Jay does know about her, but he doesn't know about her until the, the father dies. Then mm. he has to do all this sneaky stuff to make his sister never have appeared. And he goes to a new community where people don't know him so that nobody could possibly ever connect him to this half-sister. And he has to disappear her. So eventually, well, I'm not going to tell you what happens yet until you ask me some more questions, because I'll tell you how it all came together. But not yet. you got to know
0: more. So who is Alex? I forgot to ask about him. And what happens, what, what, what revelation does she come to learn about him? I don't like him at all. Well,
1: well Alex is a, a, a local attorney that mm-hmm. Julia and he happened to meet at some benefit, and they both have some mm-hmm. common interests. And he's just another attorney, but he's a professional, and he's single, and Julia kind of likes him. and. So they have been getting into the habit of talking a couple of times a week and going out on you know, Friday nights for dates. And he is the partner in the law firm. There's two guys. He's uh, one of the partners of the law firm that Jay uses locally. And the other guy happens to be a longtime friend of Jay's. So Alex is just in the same office conveniently. So well, we says, have to. We, we have.
0: She's dating. She doesn't pick very well, though. Julia's like, need oh, wait, needs how me how to me give her the check, the, the clipboard <laughs> checklist, because she she has Alex and and Josh, and she really gets mm-hmm. messed up. We, uh, you know, my sister, my, uh, she played a joke. She likes to play jokes on people, and you know, when you meet somebody, she gave them the clipboard test to ask the questions if you're worthy of whatever, and if you pass the test, that's fine. If you don't, what can I say? So. Julia, Julia needs you know a little dating objectivity here. She needs some help. But before I forget it, Monday, New York Times author Don Bentley, Hostile Intent. On the 4th, Jeffrey Wells, Drowning Bay. On the 5th, this is going to be wild, the panel show, Vincent Zandry, Dick Belsky, and Charles Salisbury. We're going to talk about where do you write and how do you write. And anything they feel like talking about, I just sit back and put my feet up. On the ten, on the tenth, Stephen Manchester, Dad. On the twelfth, this is my biggest. I can't believe this. My college professor, he's the reason why I understand everything I read. Dr. Cavuto and I are going to tackle. From psychology and pedagogy of reading by Yui, we're going to talk about how to get kids and people to understand what they read. That's the chapter we're going to focus on this time. And trust me, I have to be up on my stuff because he asks questions and I have to answer them too. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I, he's he's brilliant. He really is. And on the 16th, murder, uh, murder is Not a Girl's Best Friend. And we have a whole bunch more coming the month of May. And wait till June comes when Tess Gerritsen comes at the end. But listen to me. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. And my next question is, how, do you, how does Julia piece everything together? What is her skill for getting all the, play, all the parts together? That's not easy. Well...
1: No, she has to go back and figure out where the methanol came from.
0: Yeah. And
1: when she was, when they were talking to the guys that Jay had gulped with on Saturday morning, they were they were talking about he'd come over, someone had come over and had a glass of grog with him. There was a little new little distillery across the river, and she eventually discovers that the um, methanol was in the grog. And so now who brought the grog, who, who bought it, who had the opportunity? And then she, then she discovers that uh, there were quite a few people who were investors in the little distillery. So she thought, oh, so one of them brought the grog over. Well, it turns mm-hmm. out that almost everybody got a, a bottle, a sample bottle of the grog because they were investors. But that's where the methanol came from. Then she still had to figure out where do the but in, in this community, methanol is used in our local industry. Mm. So then she was thinking, well, could it be somebody who works at the, the paper mill? Did they get the methanol from mm. there? And I don't think I ever resolved actually where the methanol came from, but, the, but how it was no. delivered was the important part. It was delivered in the grog, and the, the grog doesn't, you know, what is it supposed to taste like? Well, I think, to me, grog probably tastes like medicine. So when you throw a little methanol in it, it doesn't take much to wipe out kidneys. So he innocently is drinking this grog that's been doctored with the methanol um, with whoever he drank it with. And that's what they have to figure out. Who did he have this drink of grog with the night before the gala or could have been the night of the gala. But it takes a little bit of time to work. So somebody came over Friday night, drinks with him. Saturday night is the gala. Sunday morning is when he's found collapsed, and that is the time frame that the methanol would take to work. And by that time, nobody remembers that he had a drink with any of the guys or who he had a drink with because nobody's messing up.
0: He wouldn't suspect anybody that would do that. Most people won't. But there there is a rule that says when you go into a bar, if you leave the drink on the table, throw it away and get another one because you never know when it could be spiked. And that, that's something that, they, that young girls need to know, that if you, you're going yes. out to a bar, whether it's a, a soda or or a drink or um, Coke or seltzer or whatever, and you're leaving it on the table and the guy is still there, you come back and say, you know, you, you accidentally spill it and get rid of it because you don't know if you spiked it. This is something yes. that it, yeah, you learn the hard way sometimes, but that's something that I even tell, tell my nieces. You know, be careful when you're going out. Because you don't want to you don't want somebody to spike your drink and get sick. And you don't really want to drink that much because it's, you have to have your head cleared. So, how did you create Absolutely. the yeah, it's scary. And what's going on in the world today, you just never know. So, how did you create the the titles of each chapter? How did you create that? Because that's original, too. Um I like to go through the
1: chapter and see what is the little nugget in this chapter that is, is, it's about. But I'd like to have a double meaning to it or uh-huh. uh, something that's not clear. So as you read the chapter, then you figure, ah, that's what that means. And I know that not everybody names chapters. I, and I didn't do it, I think, in the next book. But I do like to name chapters. I don't know. It's just my little thing.
0: Give it a title. What's it all about? Well, that's what makes it interesting, because you know what? I really can't stand, seriously. And I've got two inside. It's very annoying when chapters has to start with the person's name. And if it starts with the person's name, this one's about this one, this one's about this one. Now, if the chapters flow, that's fine. But if... Chapter A is about Tom, and Chapter B is about Ben, and they have nothing to do with each other, and they don't connect anywhere. And go like, why am I reading this? I mean, it gets it gets confusing oh, yeah. after a while, and I was like, I can't stand that. These chapter titles are cute, and especially especially which which is the one that was the technical knockout. That was good. That was really good. Oh, and oh, my you. my favorite one that sort of fits the book for the love of money. That, that's even better. Uh-huh.
1: uh-huh.
0: Well, pe- yeah. people will do anything for money. They don't care. I mean, no matter what it takes, sometimes people will do anything for money. So who who is Peter, and how does he come into play with this one mess?
1: Okay, who is Peter? Who is Peter? Peter, Peter, Peter. I this don't know who is 200- Peter.
0: He says Peter was worried that he would be found to have helped Jay for the false death certificate. Oh, 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 Peter. Peter is, he's he's an important character, but he's
1: kind of a minor character. So Peter is Jay's friend that it turns out that Peter and Jay knew each other from way back when they were on the East Coast. And they were uh, fraternity brothers. And Peter now is an attorney, and he's the one that comes with Jay to... Parkview. Peter is the one who had created the fake death certificate for Jay and he, Jay Melissa did actually, Melissa Leanne, she actually did talk to Jay and he apparently was going to spill the beans. And so Peter who was the one who had created the the fake death certificate and had created the letter saying that Melissa had died, he was worried that he was going to now be implicated, lose his law license and all that. So he was Mm. worried that Jay was going to
0: talk. And so he got nervous. Which would make him a suspect, too, if he got really nervous. Yes. Yes. Well, when you file a, when you have a fake death certificate, don't you have to file it with the vital records or in order to say that the person died? Well, so the the death certificate
1: came from the state of Washington, and this all happened while they were on the East Coast. So who's going to go back and verify and then you double-check? They've got the document Mm -hmm. it looks legit. They've got a letter from an attorney's office. They're not going to go back and double-check. They just put it into the probate records and uh, just stamp and seal it and not worry about anything more. It was really a matter of they didn't go back and double-check.
0: Well, then people, and I imagine this still happens now. Oh, so-and-so died, and this is a death certificate, whatever. I know when most mm-hmm. people die in a hospital, the hospital uh, gives you the death certificate, well, the cause, cause of death, and then they take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that sometimes the funeral home takes care of it. In my sister's mm-hmm. case, the funeral home took care of it. And uh-huh. you call them, and they charge you a million dollars, $20 a certificate, yeah, for real, and you get a whole bunch to give to everybody, and you end up, Paying a lot of money for them, if you want a real one, Uh and then they're huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Trixie, how did she get the dog? I love the dog at the end. Well, Trixie,
1: well, Trixie was my real dog. Trixie died five years ago. Really? I decided that. Yeah, so I decided that Trixie needed, that Julia needed an animal, so I created Trixie, and uh, Trixie is her alert dog and her little sweetheart and her companion. So, yeah, my little real Trixie, she was a little Houdini. If there was a door open in my house or the gate open outside, and Trixie could go in uh-huh. and out. She had a dog door. This dog, she knew if someone had left a gate open and we have three or four gates away you can get out of our yard. She was my little Houdini. Her, She named, earned her name, Trixie. She was full of tricks.
0: Yes, that, that is so cool. So tell us a little bit about Officer Mealy and Detective Kill Kelly before we ask what's happening next for the next book. What was the question? I didn't understand the first part. Who were the detectives that she worked with, and how did she work with them? How come they were so amenable to have her around? She actually solved oh. the case. Yes. Well, Kelly is her
1: nephew, and uh, he knows that's no his in. Julia. I mean, sorry, that's Nolan. Kelly was one of the other uh, guys who uh, in the police department, and they just all work together. And again, this is a small community, so um, they're totally comfortable working with each other, and um, they trust each other. So, because Nolan trusts his aunt, and they've worked with her before, she's a respected doctor. You know, she 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 tells the truth. She's a doctor. She's honest. So that's why they have this good working relationship.
0: Then what gets me is that you listen to the news. I mean, I get these emails all day. The cops are corrupt. This is corrupt. It's very bad when they do that and make the police department look bad. I hate that because basically they're not all bad. They're there to help and protect no, they're people. Not. They're not. I um, mean, they're like- there to protect people. Not everybody is good. Not everybody is perfect. You're Right. But it bothers me when they mm-hmm. say that they're fraudulent or that a, a police officer did this or the NYPD or the fire department did that. And that, that drives mm-hmm. me crazy because sometimes I just think they're trying to just set them up. And then there's the ones that accidentally shoot somebody. You know, sometimes you don't know if it's for real or if it's just, you know, trying to protect yourself. They're entitled to mm-hmm. protect themselves, too. So you really, you really don't know. What's the truth and what isn't in the news? And it's nice that Nolan is there. So when you do the next one, who are you him back? Well, if I write another story out of Parkview,
1: I will. But the next story is in Virgin Gorda, so Nolan can't be there. But there's another person that's helpful in the next story.
0: So what's the next book? Is this, is this another Julia or something different that I didn't get yet? Well, it's a new Julia book. It
1: just was released on April 21. It's called Silent Slipper, and it's set on the island of Virgin Gorda because Julia and Carly, you know, Carly always ends up in trouble when, or when Julia is around. So Julia has promised Carly a girls-only vacation, no detecting, no murders, vacation. Of course, that changes.
0: Didn't I read that one? Did I do that one? I did. No, no, no! Not a slipper. Uh, you did Pickled Pink in Paris. Yeah, I didn't get this one though. No, no, I just know, no, no! I just wrote it. I just finished it. You just wrote this one, and when is it coming out? This is an important question. No, when is it coming out, out? A week ago. I didn't know that.
1: Oh, I can send it to you.
0: That would help. <laughs> okay, hopefully, sure. hopefully, it'll get here. Usually when, when you write a book or somebody writes a book, the partners in crime jumps on it and said, we have to put you in the schedule. I just, I just booked the last show for September, people. Seriously. Oh, my gosh, you are way ahead. Wow. I can't believe it. Yeah, Brian Freeman's book, I Remember You, is really, 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 really scary. And everybody's writing these books about characters that have memory problems, and they forget who they are, and then they might have committed a murder or something, and you just don't know. And he writes um, Jonathan Stride, who he knows I love, but he writes these paranormal scary books that I love even more. So he just got my last one for September, people. That's it. I, he emailed me and he said he put it down. So September 6th, that's it. And I am done for the month of September. So, yep, I am. I've got two. He's <laughs> like, whoa. I can't believe it. I have wow. one for October and one for November already. So I'm going to take, and I take off July. I don't do anything in the month of July at all. That's much my month to just like, sth, sth, to do whatever. And maybe actually I might write my next one. Who knows? What can I tell you? Oh. So everybody is allowed connect- vacation. They don't let me. They don't let me. Oh. What can I tell you? My my family doesn't let me. Nobody lets me. And I know that um, Gina is going to ask me. But I told her I don't do anything in July. I just need a month not to deal with you know anything, just to deal with other stuff. So where can everybody get um, copies of your book? Are you going to be doing any more with Partners in Crime? Um, I haven't scheduled anything just
1: yet. Um, so I I may do another one with them. I mean, they're really fun. I enjoy the bloggers that write about my book, and it's just, it's just fun to do. I do enjoy that.
0: They but did I a very good job with mine, too, but I got some really nasty reviews for Population Zero because people yeah, but, didn't so understand...
1: Yeah, it's always horrible. Going to be one
0: or two or three people, but then you
1: have to look at what the majority of people say and not focus on that minority. You can't let the tail
0: wag the dog, right? Well, the people that reviewed the book that have intelligence and understood it, I understand. You know, three, four, five, whatever stars. But when somebody says, and they did, I hated this book. I sorry, I'm sorry, I got it. I don't even know who it was. I I didn't even answer the person. You didn't read it. I wrote. Population Zero is nine worlds that you wouldn't want to live in. A world without sun, mm-hmm. a world with cold, that's cold, a world with ice, a world made of glass, mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy worlds, and it's, and it's all, I made it up. There's no research, I just made it all up. And I invited a dead person to come back and experience the world. And at the end, the dead mm-hmm. person says, would you rather live in my world or would you start appreciating the one you're in? That was the yeah. purpose Maybe. of the book.
1: Yeah, yeah, and And the next one is going to understand the premise.
0: They didn't understand it at all, no. And the next one I think is going to be called the Dark World, and we're going to invite some population back as soon as I figure out how to write dialogue, which I don't have, which I'm really bad at. But anyway, where can everybody get all of your books?
1: They're all on Amazon.com. Just Google PJ Peterson, and they're all there. About
0: five books out now. Well, your book right now—I just put in. My dermatologist loves me, and the only reason uh-huh. why I never have to worry about an appointment is because I bring Dr. M books. So yours just went in the pile for his wife, and he blessed oh, me. Oh, how put him... of you! Yeah, she's really oh, very nice, and he loves me. He thinks I'm a riot. He says he's one. Of, I'm one of the few patients that he has. Can has a intelligent conversation with, so he said, whatever books you have, I'll take them. So it just oh, went into is- the. I, I'm going to bring them a week from Thursday. Doctor is getting your book and a whole bunch more. So we'll just keep sending them, people. But PJ, thank you so much, everyone. Well, it's a beautiful you. day outside, and I really wish that everybody would take the time to do something nice and. Day Kindness for people, and for those people in the Ukraine, my heart goes out to you. I hope to God that someday they take care of the person that's doing this to you because you don't deserve it. Everybody have a great day. PJ, thank you so much, and bye. Thank you, Sam.